What does it mean to be rich? Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Many of us who think of ourselves as middle class are actually rich in the global context. On the other hand, some people who enjoy a lavish lifestyle will be ruined when their creditors and the IRS finally catch up to them. Yesterday, we began to think about the poor, rich churches in Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, and a secret they had grasped. Today, we're back in 2 Corinthians to hear the rest of Jim's message, Poor Jesus. How could the Macedonians do this? How could they give beyond? Well, it's because of the grace of God. And it's because they discovered that this stuff, this $5 bill, which has very shaky value in our world, can be translated into something that has tremendous value and eternal worth. And that gave them joy. And so they gave beyond what they had the ability to do. Now, Paul reminds the Corinthians down here in, I think it's verse 10, 11, or 12 along there, that if you don't have the $5 bill, God doesn't require you to give it. He's reminding the Corinthians that when they start to gather together their, their offering that they promised, that, uh, that, that, that they should at least give what they have. But if you don't have, Paul says, you're not responsible to give. But he's just been telling them about the Macedonians who didn't have and yet gave. What was the difference? It's the grace of God. And Paul says there in verse 6, he said, I've sent Pastor Titus over there that he might help you guys at Corinth cultivate this grace of giving. Abound in this grace also, he says in verse 7, in addition to your faith, your speech, your knowledge, your diligence, your love, abound in this grace. Now, what is that grace he's talking about? He's talking about positioning ourselves where we give ourselves to the Lord and we catch a vision of what God wants to do in our world. And then we take all of our resources and we say they belong to him. And we even trust him to, by his grace, enable us to do more than what our accountant says we can afford. Grace. Look with me, please, at verse 9. Grace. Here the Apostle Paul takes us to the taproot of this grace of giving. I want you to notice four things in this verse with me this morning, if you would. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace, the grace. Everything that Jesus did was an act of grace. We didn't deserve it. Many didn't even want him and still don't want him. And yet out of the impulses of his own divine heart, he did for us everything that he did. That's grace. That's grace. 
And we see the operation of God's grace in the very life of Jesus Christ. Now watch. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich. I've shaken hands with some people that had a lot of money. I've met some people that had big houses and large cars and big big bank accounts. But you know they're not rich. They're not rich. They're 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 beggars who for this moment have by God's mercy been given management of huge numbers of resources, but they're really not rich. Uh, their minds are getting feeble, and they make poor judgments and lose parts of their money, and they become cynical and selfish, and they try to, like Midas, add one more dollar to their holdings. They're really not rich. They're fearful. They buy insurance. They protect what's valuable to them with guards and dogs and security systems. They're not rich. They're scared people who know that for a brief period of time, they are, they are able to manipulate and manage sums of money, but they're not rich. Not like Jesus was. See, when the Apostle Paul talks about Jesus being rich, he's reminding us that the wealth of Jesus was limitless. He made it all. He managed it all. Far out there into the, into the edges of the universe that we haven't even probed yet, there are resources that Jesus owned. He was king, creator, Lord. He not only had the stuff, but he had the wisdom to manage it. Angels do his bidding. He created special creatures of tremendous uh, physical and intellectual power and ability who helped him run his empire. Incredible. Not only that, he didn't have to fear that he would ever lose any of it because he was eternal. His eye would never get dim. His mind would never become confused or clouded. No one would ever rise up and take from him any part of his empire because he was weak. He was truly rich. He had it all, owned it all, and no one could take it from him. But because of grace, the Bible says that he who was rich became poor. He became poor. I'm trying to think last couple of weeks how to illustrate that for you. 
he could say, the birds of the air have nests, foxes have dens. I don't have such a place to lay my head. He submitted himself to becoming one of us at the cost of becoming weary and tired, like we do. Hungry, like we do. Uh, he not only became human and limited, but he, he gave himself over to death. Now, God, as God, can never die. But in order to experience death, God became man. He became weak. He allowed himself to be beaten, abused, crucified, stripped, spit upon. He went to the bottom of the well and stayed there. He became poor. So poor that he was dependent upon other people. Other people through their gifts to meet his physical needs. You can't imagine, because there is no greater dimensional difference than the height of Jesus as God, the Creator Lord, and the depth of his loneliness, his weakness on the cross. In addition to all of that, he then took upon himself on the cross your sins. He was made sin for us. And he died your death, my death. He became poor. It's amazing, utterly amazing. Now, the phrase in there that makes all that fascinating is the phrase, for your sakes. See it there? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He wasn't putting on a show. He wasn't demonstrating great humility just to impress the angels. He, he wasn't doing it just because he wanted the experience. It wasn't because he was lonely. It wasn't because he was... He was uh, lacking in experience. It wasn't any of those things. It was because of a need in your life and my life. Knowing that need, he made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself of his divine prerogatives. He lowered himself till he became as weak and is helpless under the power of sin's condemning force as you and I experience. Incredible. For your sins. What have you done recently for someone else? For their sins? Uh, sitting here last night watching the living Christmas trees and 
I was impressed. You know, last year our daughter played Mary, and that was neat. Uh, this year, her daughter is playing the role of the baby Jesus. And last year I would watch my daughter and cry with her and weep with her and empathize with her, but I want to tell you, this Christmas is different. From the moment that little baby girl appeared up here in the arms of Mary, I was intent on every move. Would she drop her? <laughs> Would she cry? What will I do if she wails and cries and wants me? <laughs> now, I'd make a fool of myself, I'm sure. Uh, because I'm committed to her. Yesterday afternoon, it was a little hope. Tim and Katie's baby, and last night it was little Caroline, Mark and Johanna's baby. The thing that amazed me was how mesmerized I was. <laughs> I, I should have perhaps known better, but I couldn't help myself. For her sake, for the baby's sake, I would have done anything. And that's just a small, very, very flawed illustration of the picture that Paul's painting here. What he's saying is that God, your heavenly Father, is so desirous of fellowship with you, he so loves you, he is so concerned about you that he and God the Son made an arrangement that God the Son would come down to the bottom of the pit and be made sin for you. He would become poorer than the poorest, not just physically, but spiritually. He would go to the bottom rung and step off. He would take on the sin and pay the price of God's wrath and judgment for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Why? For your sake. See, that's grace. Grace says you don't deserve it and you may not even accept it and you may not even want it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Why? Because I love you. For your sakes, Paul says, he became poor. Now look what happens. That you through his poverty through his act of becoming poor, through his taking upon himself your sin, your need, your burdens, your concerns, through his incarnation and becoming one with you in all that you are in all of your needs, through his poverty, you might become rich. How can I explain to you the wealth that I have? Now, I'm, I'm not chossing. No, I'm serious. You are looking at this moment at a man who is more wealthy than Bill Gates. And you can throw in all the other billionaires and all that they possess. And my friend... They are not that much as wealthy as I am. I am rich. I am rich. I am rich beyond words. Now, I'm not speaking euphorically. It is true. 
that God, by his grace and mercy, meets my needs day by day. And that's wonderful. And I don't have to get up in the morning worrying about the next hour, the next meal. It's wonderful to know that he sends his angels to protect me and his Holy Spirit lives within me. And he gives me access to his wisdom and knowledge. That's wonderful. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about pure, hard wealth. Story was told some time back about a man who came to Christ late in life. And on his deathbed, he determined that he wanted to take something from this life to heaven to give as a gift to Jesus. And so he had his servants fill two suitcases full of gold. Now, obviously, this is not a true story. But he managed to die and to take those two suitcases all the way to heaven. And, of course, the story said that Peter met him at the door and said, you can't take that in with you. Why? Well, he said, I've got to. No, I said, you can't take it. And he said, it's a gift. A gift for what? Well, it's a gift for the Lord Jesus. And Peter said, well, let me see what it is. And he opened it up, and here were all these, these bars of gold. Peter scratched his head and said, why would you bring pavement up here with you? I'm really wealthy today. I am a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I am a ruler, pro tem. I'm going to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. I will be involved in judging angels. I have a marvelous body, a perfect body, waiting for me. This body transformed. I have a home in heaven where thieves cannot break in and robbers cannot steal. No termites. I have a father who owns everything and he has pledged me a full share of all that he has. Now, I, I'm not whistling Dixie. And what's more, I will never, ever, ever get sick, become feeble, or die when I come into my inheritance. You're looking at somebody, hear me, who is as rich as God is rich. Ah, oh, you say that's for the future. No, right now, right now. Right now, my name is written down on the Lamb's Book of Life. And when it comes to wealth that matters, I have everything there is to have. And Christian friend, so do you. Perhaps it can best be said this way. Jesus was rich. I was in deep, deep poverty. He became poor for my sake. He then empowered me and made me as rich as he was. I'll never be God. There's no vacancy in the Trinity. But the Bible says that God has chosen to bless me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, you say, there it is, that's that spiritual thing again, that doesn't count. No, 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 that word spiritual means the riches of blessings that will never perish, never fade. Now, since that is true, 
My father has given me access to his bank account. He's given me a pad of checks. And he says, here, son, when you're involved in the family business, I will support you, I will resource you, and I will enable you to give out of my resources. I'll enable you to use things that belong to me, and I will enable you to use those to bless others. So you see, I don't need a huge bank account. I don't need a lot of clothes. I'm not going to stay here much longer. I'm going to my heavenly home. I am rich beyond words. I don't know what it's like in Afghanistan, but I've heard many soldiers tell me that when they were in Vietnam, they could hardly wait to come home. Friends, we're in Vietnam. We're behind enemy lines. And our enemy is constantly challenging us and constantly seeking to destroy us. And one of the most effective things he does is to cause us to weigh ourselves and measure ourselves in terms of material, immediate, physical health and gain. Apostle Paul says, you need a new standard. You need to see yourself as the twice-born sons of God. And while you're for the moment trapped here behind enemy lines, and while you're still experiencing the ravages of sin in the lives of those around you within your own life, you have access and resource through the grace of God to the wealth of God so that you are enabled by God's grace for the sheer joy of doing it to give beyond your ability, to give of your time, to give of your talents, to give of your treasure. The father co-signs the check. This grace is not intended for us to keep. This grace is intended for us to give. And since I am wealthy and secure and cared for by my heavenly father, I'm free in his name to expend family resources for the good of the family business. When we compare our prosperity to others, we're doing it wrong. Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread. Do we have that? Are we grateful? But beyond that, the wealth of our Heavenly Father backs every assignment He gives us. As Jim put it, I have everything there is to have. And that's on top of the spiritual blessings that we can't fully appreciate yet. Today we heard the second half of the sermon, Poor Jesus. If you'd like to get the message on CD, we'll send it to you for a gift of $7 or more. The entire series will come to you on 13 discs, available for your donation of $45 or more. It's named Special Works Jesus Did. We want to keep giving out the water of life without cost, as we've done for 55 years on this program. That means we need volunteers to contribute and pray. If you value what you hear on Right Start, please ask the Lord what you can do. Thanks to everyone who brought us today's episode. Please mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA, or call 1-800-984-2313. 
That's 800-984-2313. And check out the website at rightstartradio.org. There you'll be able to play radio programs or play or download the complete sermons. We'll show you how to subscribe to Right Start as a daily podcast on iTunes, and you can make a gift to the ministry there on the site. It's easy to do and secure. RightStartRadio.org. RightStartRadio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Tomorrow, we'll talk about a special moment when Jesus and Peter bonded over, what else, fish. Please join us again for Thursday's Right Start. Thank you.